0: Welcome into the DNBR Rams podcast, presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app, use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. All right, y'all, it is late night Wednesday, or technically early morning Thursday, because we're past midnight at this point. Trying hard not to wake up my dog and have him bark throughout this podcast. We'll see how that goes. Uh, First things first, I hope everybody made it home safe that was able to get to Moby for this one. Looked like an awesome crowd on the broadcast, so shout out to Ram Nation. This was a matchup that was really hard for me to cover remotely just because I had crazy FOMO. I always loved the CSU San Diego State matchups at Moby in particular, and it feels like there's just always something crazy that goes down. Knock on wood, assuming that I can continue to make progress, I should be back at the next home game, so that's really exciting, I I really miss it. But sometimes life throws you wrenches, and you've got to call an audible, it's just been one of those stretches for me. I've said this a bunch of times now on the pod, and I posted it on Twitter, but I do want to thank all of Ram Nation for their consistent support, I have people reaching out to me all the time, it genuinely means a lot. Same goes for the fine folks that work over at CSU. But if I am going to be stuck at home like I have been of late, I at least want to have some quality sports to watch, and tonight that was certainly the case. A heartbreaking loss, a gut-wrenching loss if you're a Ram fan. I mean, this was 82-76 to in OT, third straight overtime game for CSU. I'm going to give my general takeaways on the matchup. I'll dive into some individual assessment of the various Rams. A lot of guys stepped up in this one despite the outcome. And at the end, I will answer some questions that were posed to me on Twitter, trying to incorporate more of that on the show. Before we get into all this, the NFL playoff action continues one step closer to Super Bowl 57 and the NFL divisional round. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. So that's not even dependent on the outcome. All you have to do is make a $5 bet and you're getting $200 in bets to play with. On top of that, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlay. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So for instance, you could look at the Giants-Philly game take you know Daniel Jones over 39.5 rushing yards, take Jalen Hurts over 44.5 rushing yards, maybe the Eagles to cover the spread, the over something like that, and you're going to get boosted for every single leg that you add. This is just one of many reasons why I love DraftKings Sportsbook. They have an endless variety of options. I truly do not know why you would bet anywhere else Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Additionally, you know we love our Breck beers over at DNVR. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some Breck brew. They've been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. you got to love that. And what's awesome is they have something for every occasion. Their seltzers are fire. Mile High City Golden Ale, their new collab with the Nuggets, is awesome. I love Fun Slinger, which was a collab they did with Never Summer Snowboards. Uh, Bronco's Country Pale Ale. It never ends. Check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a Breck Brew near you. Cool, cool, cool. Let's just jump right on into it, I suppose. I really like the energy from the get-go. I feel like CSU came out and thought they were a team that was capable of punching up, and it showed with the effort that they gave. uh, Really active defensively, guys were boxing out, going for loose balls. Basically, over the last 90 minutes of basketball between UNLV and San Diego State now, the Rams have done all of the things that I criticized them for pretty intensely after the loss to Air Force. In particular, there was a sequence pretty early on in the first half where I, I noticed Patrick Cartier, who's a guy I've criticized for not giving enough on the glass, really was working hard to box out. He only had one rebound in this game, but I did feel like the effort from him and James Moores down low was was pretty consistent. You know, they weren't dominant or anything like that, but they gave the Rams an opportunity. They They kept it close on the glass. San Diego State ended up plus six. I mean, that's pretty much what you're hoping for in a matchup against them. And points in the paint, it was 28 apiece. So I just felt like CSU did a, a nice job of not getting punked in that regard. San Diego State, if you allow them to, will play bully ball for 40 minutes. But every time they'd come in with a big shove, a right hook, however you want to phrase it with this boxing metaphor, CSU would come back with a counter. You know, They had a a jab and a little one-two of their own. Along with coming out with a a solid energy and effort, uh, the Rams had a nice start shooting the ball, 9-2 run to start the game. They hit three threes in the first two minutes. And what was especially encouraging was that it was three different guys. Jalen Lake, Isaiah Stevens, John Tanjay, all cashed one in. And that was pretty fitting because those guys went on to hit a lot of big shots. Again, there were a lot of major contributors in this game. I'll talk about a lot of these guys individually in a couple of minutes here. But out of the gate, I feel like San Diego State maybe underestimated CSU a little bit, and the Rams kind of staggered them with the way they came out and were willing to throw the first couple of punches. I want to give a lot of credit to CSU's effort defensively because it was stellar, but there, there were certainly some moments where it seemed like San Diego State was pressing a couple of uncharacteristic turnovers. They forced some shots and just generally looked out of rhythm, and I'm sitting here thinking like, well, Maybe the Rams got an opportunity here. San Diego State's been kind of streaky offensively all year. If CSU can build a big lead, stay active defensively, stay active on the glass, not give the Aztecs a bunch of second-chance opportunities, not allow them to get back into it with turnovers, then you know th- this game could be there for the taking. And, I mean, ultimately it was. CSU held San Diego State to just 28 points in the first half. They went 1-7 from deep. Big part of that, CSU held Matt Bradley to just two field goal attempts in the first half. He was 0-2, no points. Actually didn't score uh, his first point of the game until significantly into the half. Didn't hit his first field goal until a couple minutes left. So you've got to give the Rams a lot of credit for the effort they had on him. Genuinely one of the country's best scorers. Certainly one of the best players in the Mountain West Conference. The problem was, despite how inconsistent San Diego State was in that first half, despite how much of a struggle it was on the offensive end, how buckets did not come easy for them. They're never going to be a team that just lays down. They have too much talent. They have too much experience. And they know that if they just stick with their brand of basketball for 40 minutes, a lot of the time they're going to be a boa constrictor and just kind of slowly but surely suffocate you. To me, that's kind of what happened in this one. CSU, they had a six-point lead at halftime, they held San Diego State to only 28 total points. Shit, there was an eight-minute stretch of gameplay between the final four minutes and 22 seconds of the first half and the you know, close to first five minutes of the second half where San Diego State didn't record a single field goal. If the Rams could have gotten hot there, extended the lead to double digits in the second half with the energy in that building, I think there's a pretty good chance that CSU ends up pulling away But it was almost like the more that San Diego State struggled to score on offense over that stretch, the more intense they got defensively. And that's kind of a coach's dream, to be honest. I mean, how many times have I gone on this podcast and ranted about how there have been signs of immaturity at moments with this Rams team when, you know, they, they let inconsistencies on the offensive end impact their effort defensively. You don't see that with the Aztecs. And some of that has to do with their experience. These guys have played a lot of minutes. They have a lot of continuity. They've been in this system, which makes its name on defensive basketball. Again, it's just what San Diego State does. But they should show that film to high school teams everywhere as the example of what to do when you're not in a rhythm offensively, when you're struggling, when you're pressing a little bit, when you can't find the bottom of the net. If you just ramp it up defensively, constantly get in guys' faces, don't make it easy for them to do anything, make passes, uh, get shots off, just constantly be a pest. You can knock the other team off of their rhythm. You can create some opportunities in transition going the other way. San Diego State certainly did that. But unfortunately, the Rams also kind of played into it. The Aztecs deserve a ton of credit for the effort, for the intensity, for the physicality, all of that. There were also some passes that were just bad decisions by CSU. And it was really just a product of frustration. It's kind of like in football when you have a quarterback who, for three straight series, is just getting used and abused. He's probably going to start throwing the ball a little bit sooner. Maybe it's not going to be the best decision at times. But you're just trying to create a little bit of anything. And I think at times, uh, Tavy Jackson in particular, really excited about the freshman guard, not trying to you know, uh, completely bury him or something like that. He didn't have a good game. You know, he had some really bad passes in this one. He'll learn for it. He'll hopefully be prepared for what SDSU brings to the table, but it really is one of those things you can't, you can't really truly know what it is until you experience it on the court. You can see it on film, but until you go out there and experience that defensive pressure, it's something else. If it was easy to get guys to collectively buy in and play the way that San Diego State does, every single team in the country would do it because defense and effort, and rebounding, they travel. And even when you can't find your shot, those little things will allow you to hang around until you do. Basketball is a game of runs. The Aztecs eventually did find their shot. They got hot at the end on top of the defensive pressure. And ultimately, they just made more shots down the stretch. I don't feel like CSU necessarily played poorly or anything like that. There were definitely key stretches you could point to, again, not being able to extend the lead when you hold them. You know, scoreless for over eight consecutive minutes. That was a big missed opportunity. A lot of those turnovers were big. A couple of sequences, particularly late in the second half, where they allowed the Aztecs to get two, three, four opportunities with offensive rebounds. Really, though, it's not like San Diego State killed the Rams there. They only had six second chance points, CSU had nine. I just felt like it was an instance where if this was a fight, you would have. The heavyweight champion, the, the guy we've been used to seeing dominate for a decade, that's San Diego State. You have the up-and-coming scrapper, that's CSU. Goes 10 rounds, nobody expects them to. But in the end, San Diego State, just a little bit deeper, just a little bit more experience, just a little bit better team, and they got the knockdown at the end. The Rams had their chances for sure, but it's kind of a situation where you're going to have to play perfect if you are going to pull this upset. And they just didn't have quite enough gas in the tank, man. I mean, the Aztecs scored 17 points in overtime. That's absurd. 5-7 of seven from the floor, 3-3 three of three from deep, of course, after kind of being inconsistent all game long. The Rams scored 11 in overtime, which is pretty good for college. But they were gassed, and I thought you could see that with just the way that San Diego State was able to corral a couple of those rebounds late, a couple of loose balls. Mensa had some blocks late, still had his legs. Tough one to take, one where you're sitting there thinking woulda, coulda, shoulda, but also one where you have your head held high and you can feel proud about the the performance that the Rams put on that court because it was respectable. Sometimes you just lose to another good team. And yeah, there were a couple of mistakes you could point to here and there, but the same deal with San Diego State. I mean, you were in it. It's tied at the end of, of regulation. And I have some questions that were posed to me on Twitter that I'll get to at the end that are essentially you know, focused around you know, what, what do they need differently with the roster? This, that. But considering the preseason injury to Jacob Jenison and the situation with Josiah Strong, again, he's not going to play again this season. He was supposed to be, you know, the best wing, him and Jalen Lake. And the Rams have had some tough breaks in that regard. But to me, it feels like they are coming together, that they're learning how to play with this rotation, that they're all kind of identifying their roles. And that's a thing that takes a while to carve out when you have as many new bodies as CSU did this season. And when you factor in the lack of continuity from week to week, how they've had to do so much shuffling throughout these first couple of months, that's only prolonged that process. Now, sitting at 10 and 10, obviously CSU's chances of an at-large bid have gone out the window. You're going to have to win the Mountain West Tournament if you want to go dancing. But if you keep building, if you keep working on your strengths, trying to minimize some of these things that have hurt CSU in the tough losses, CSU is not going to be a team you want to draw in Vegas come March. I promise you that. You don't want to deal with Isaiah and Cartier. And, you know, now we're seeing Jalen Lake find a shot. Riv had a really good game. I'm going to talk about all these guys. My point is, we're seeing growth. We are seeing growth. There's no such thing as moral victories at this level. So we need to see it start to translate to more uh, positive outcomes for the Rams, more victories. But really, at this point, while you do want to win as many games as possible, when you look at the, the standing of where CSU is, it's all about trying to be the best you can be come March. And if CSU keeps making strides defensively, if they continue to give much more effort on the glass than they were there for a couple of weeks, there's enough talent on this team, even with the state of the roster, even without Jennison, without Josiah Strong, to make some noise. And I think that's been really evident over the last 90 minutes of play. Really encouraging 90-minute stretch of basketball from CSU between UNLV and San Diego State. Again, you know, no moral victories. You want to pull out the dub, especially at home. But just being honest, there have been sloppy wins over the year that I felt worse about than how CSU played in this one, even in defeat. There were a couple of mistakes I wish I could have taken away. You know, a couple of self-inflicted wounds that we already went over. Wish a few more shots went in for CSU, a few less went in for San Diego State. The ball bounced a couple of different ways, all that. But as a team, these players should hold their heads high. And as a fan base, I feel like, you know, from where we were at a week ago versus where we're at right now, you should feel a whole lot better. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some of these individual numbers and performances. Real quick, though, when you get hurt, Backus & Shanker is here to help. Backus & Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They are free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with us about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And again, no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus & Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus & Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 people on staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call them at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. All right, all right, all right. I want to start by shouting out James Moores, and he only had one point in 24 minutes on the floor, but he did lead the Rams in rebounding with eight, um, just really playing hard of late. And there seems to be something about this matchup with San Diego State that brings the best out of James. But his dirty work these past 90 minutes have been really, really big for CSU. I thought it made a lot of sense that he got the start given the the length that SDSU brings to the table and how well he played against the Rebels. He earned it. That's not a shot at Cartier. He continues to be one of the most effective scorers in the entire conference. 12 more points, 4-6 from the floor hit all four of his free throws. It's just that the Rams need James if they're going to be competitive. I've talked a lot about the injury to Jacob Jenison and how big that's been, especially after already losing Roddy. The Rams were in a tough spot with the recruiting calendar. You know, like Every every team in the country would love to have a Shaq type at five, but they don't grow on trees. And fortunately, what CSU has kind of been able to do here is create the production you need from the big man on both ends Using the two guys, you know, Moores brings it defensively on the glass, Cartier better showing uh, as far as defensive effort and rebounding in this game, but he's more of the, the post scorer. Would it be nice to have another big guy that they could throw out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, every team in the country wishes they had a Shack type to throw out there that can dominate offensively and just own the glass. I also want to shout out Isaiah Rivera. I just feel like he's been a bulldog. Coming off of a game that he had no points in, but played his ass off, it it was nice to see him score 11 in the first half. Finished with 14, uh, only hit one of six threes, but five of 12 from the floor. Had five rebounds, had a huge offensive rebound late in the game that allowed Jalen Lake to get a three and keep CSU in it. He's just playing really hard. Had a tough stretch there for a couple of games, but seemingly has played his way out of it. It's been really encouraging to see a very important member of this rotation. I mean, his effort defensively on Matt Bradley was super significant. Had a couple of steals, had a block. Riv might not be the flashiest guy on the court, but he is a damn good basketball player. He's a guy that has earned his opportunity after being on the bench these last couple years, and I just love seeing him play well i love to see Jalen Lake finding his stroke from deep, went five of 7 from deep in this one. I still think he has the prettiest jump shot on the team. I'd love to get him eight attempts off the pass a, a game, and I'd love to see Isaiah get some more of those as well. If you follow Kevin Lytle on Twitter, he posted uh, before the game about how Tavy Jackson is going to run more at the one. Didn't really work out so well in this game, but I like that idea in theory because Isaiah has really been terrific at creating his own shot over the years. He's stellar off the catch and shoot. There just haven't been a ton of opportunities for it. But if they can get him a couple of more per game, if they can get Jalen Lake a couple of more per game and they start hitting these consistently, it's really going to open things up because these guards can get to the hoop, whether it's Lake or Tanjay or Stevens or Riv. They all showed it at various points in this game. They can put the ball on the floor. They can take you to the hole and they can finish through contact. They're not scared of it. But you've got to be able to stretch the floor and knock down those shots, especially against a lengthy team like San Diego State, or they're just going to bog down the passing lanes. They're going to pack the paint. They're going to really make you work hard and essentially dare you to shoot over the top. So I just thought it was a great sight to see Jalen looking confident, letting it fly, and seeing that ball find the bottom of the net because his jump shot is as pretty as it gets. He's a terrific defender, doing a lot of the dirty work that I credited Rip for as well, rebounding defensively also had some great stints just being a really impactful player. And the Rams are going to need all these guys. Tanjay hit some big shots, 13 points, three of seven from deep, Got into foul trouble early, unfortunately. So it did kind of limit how much he could play in this one, but he hit some big shots, especially late to keep the Rams in it. Isaiah Stevens. I mean, what more can you say? Another double double from him, 16 points, 11 assists. He just needs two more to uh, break the record. Five rebounds, 44 minutes on the floor. He is a machine, and when the game was there on the line, it was Isaiah that was able to put the ball on the floor, take his defender, finish through contact. I thought it should have been an and one. Not to be the guy that whines about the officiating, but it was not great in this game. felt like, yeah, the the whistle was pretty one-sided. That's just my opinion, not saying it was the determining factor or anything like that just felt that John in particular, also Tavy got called for some pretty ticky-tacky stuff. Meanwhile, Matt Bradley's full-on using a stiff arm in the paint. I don't get that. But there were just a lot of guys that stepped up and played well in this game. There were some mistakes you wish you could take back, but overall, I think this is a game that you look at and you hold your head high, and assuming that they don't follow it up with a stinker in Laramie, you never can discredit an opponent in a rivalry game. Wyoming's struggling. They've had injuries. A uh, locker room seems to be kind of a mess, but the rivalry brings out the best. If you can get a win here, you know, up in Laramie, you're on the right track again. And clearly they need to start pulling out some more of these victories. But I feel like we see a group that's learning how to play together, that's playing hard, and is taking these tough experiences and learning from them, which is ultimately what you want, especially when it's somewhat of a rebuilding or transition year, however you want to phrase it. All right, before we go here, just kind of responding to some stuff I got on Twitter uh, from Fuego303. Felt like driving the lane was missing from CSU's gameplay. Feels like there was a lot of perimeter passing and not much driving to the rack, which can lead to ones and free throws. It seemed SDSU was more willing to drive the lane overall. Fair, but also that's kind of exactly what San Diego State does. That's what I was talking about. They're daring you to shoot over the top. They pack the lanes. They've got a lot of length. They they fill up those driving lanes. They do a good job of just taking that equation uh, out of it. That said, I would not disagree. They certainly could have used more free throw attempts. Uh, from CSU Rams fan, all true, but why can't they finish? So many great starts, but can't end it. They were 11 deep last year, lack of depth this year. Uh, Psychologic coaching, they lack height, but always have. They play hard, but always have. Made them great halftime changes last year, but not now. To this, you know, I'm not going to get in a whole long thing here. I will say I think we tend to put far too much stock in game-to-game results. You know, you lose one bad game and all of a sudden the entire roster's flawed. Uh, Coaching changes need to be made and all that. And I just think that at at times we put too much stock in in a couple of of wonky results. Yeah, they, they don't have the depth that they had last year, but they're missing first round NBA draft pick who was a massive part of what they did offensively and defensively. Not only did they lose him, but they lost him late in the cycle. So they didn't have time to go out and and find another big guy that they could bring in. The hope was that Jacob Jenison would be that guy that kind of steps up. He got hurt in preseason. They brought in Josiah strong of one of the most experienced three point shooters in the country. A guy who was supposed to be a three and D stud for the Rams, a solid wing option. That didn't work out due to just really fluky, unfortunate circumstances. He's ad mono, hasn't been able to play. If you have those guys all year, I think a couple of these outcomes probably go differently. And now, you know, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't be critical or anything like that. You just you threw a lot at me. I'm trying to respond to uh, as much of it as I can. Finally, uh, from Kyle Golf's 59, second half was stagnant, need a force in the paint. Stevens can't do it all. Big guy in the paint can facilitate the shooters on the perimeter. I mean, yeah, like I said, it'd be nice to have a Shaq type. Uh, the timing of when Roddy declared for the NBA draft made it hard to replace him. That combined with Jennison's injury, a guy who they really thought was going to be productive this year. It's been a tough situation. That said, I think they are finding a nice rotation here with Cartier and Moores. In the future, if you have more things you want me to respond to, send them my way at Justin T. Michael or at DNVR underscore Rams. I will try to get to as many as I can. If I miss something and you're still... curious about it, tweet at me again. I don't don't take it personally. I get tweeted out a lot, but I try to cover and respond to as many things as possible. Shout out to all of you. We'll see how the Rams respond up in Laramie. They certainly could use a big win on the road. All right, that's all I have for today. Shout out to all of you. Stay safe, stay warm, get some sleep. Much love y'all. Peace.